Hey guys, welcome to This Week I Learned. Hello ladies and gentlemen, it's October once again and it's time for the annual Hacktoberfest held by the cloud provider DigitalOcean. Now, Hacktoberfest is an event which stretches from the 1st of October until the end of it. And to join it, just search the site for Hacktoberfest, H-A-C-K-T-O-B-E-R-F-E-S-T, and then register there. What you basically do is go into GitHub, find some issues, write some code, and then make some pull requests. When you make five legit, pull requests then uh, you're eligible to get the rewards for Hacktoberfest so it's not a contest it's just an event where you get to where you're incentivized to work in open source to do open source stuff make some code out there for the people in the open source community right so after you do that you just tell them you finished but they'd actually know that you'd finished. And then you can tell them where to deliver the goodies. Uh, last year it was a shirt, a pretty nice shirt, and then a bunch of stickers. Uh, remind yourself, uh, yeah, I'm reminding you that the, this is an international event, so the shirts are international size. So last time I ordered a medium shirt, but it stretched out to my knees. It was pretty large. So my sister just kept wearing it because I couldn't wear it. So just a reminder out there. But again, so it's Oktoberfest. Enjoy yourselves. Participate in open source. Have fun. Okay, now we talk about Babel Seven, which was released on August. Right, so if you're not familiar with Babel, it Babel allows you to actually use features that of JavaScript that are not yet available for your browser. For example, if your browser is not modern enough, it's not updated, or well, it doesn't actually implement the features that uh, that are not yet in the actual JavaScript release. Babel allows you to convert it in your syntax into the form that your browser will actually support. So that's Babel. So it could be your browser or node or whatever that runs JavaScript. Right, so with Babel 7, we have, you know, um, Babel or anything else for that matter makes it sometimes hard to upgrade and it breaks a lot of things. But Babel 7 has released Bubble Upgrade, which allows us to actually upgrade to Babel 7 with by breaking less things. Right? But you will still have to change some stuff, but uh, it will be mostly smooth. So you can just run npx space Babel dash upgrade for that to upgrade to Babel 7. And then for configurations, uh, we also have an additional babel.config.js. Um, this, is not, this does not replace 
double RC. It's just um, a complementary file for that. All right, so you can also define uh, stuff like presets and plugins for that. All right, so it is um, an actual an actual JS file. So it's Babel config.js meaning you can use like variables and uh, dynamic stuff in it. Uh, unlike Babel RC, which is just a JSON file. And there we go. And we with Babel Seven, it's uh, gone a lot, a lot more faster, a lot faster than the previous Babel. So your builds will generally get faster. And then uh, with uh, Babel Seven, we also get uh, TypeScript native TypeScript support. So hooray for those uh, TypeScript fans. I'm not one, I'm more of a Flow fan, but whatever, or a Reason fan, right? So well, one of the things I'm most excited about is the fragment syntax, because um, there's a shorthand for using fragments in React. So you can just use an empty tag, like, uh, left angle bracket and right angle bracket and uh, left angle bracket slash right angle bracket for closing it so that's a shorthand uh, syntax for fragment in react now uh, previously it wasn't supported so it just breaks your code but now Babel actually supports the syntax so that's pretty damn awesome so that's one of the best features of Babel 7 for me uh, there are a lot more features in there. You can just visit their actual uh, page at babeljs.io. Just check it out there. Their upgrade page, their upgrade to Babel 7 page. Now, uh, that's it for Babel 7. Hope you get the time to actually try it out. Next thing we're talking about is React PDF, which allows us to actually create the PDF using uh, the components provided by React PDF. So if you know how to use React, um, you can just look up the documentation of React PDF, then structure your document, your PDF document using uh, JSX using the components given by React PDF. And then React PDF will then allow you to render that into a PDF. So it's an easy way, in, and it's also a fun way of creating a PDF uh, if you know how to use React. So uh, it's, if you know how to use React now, uh, styling it would be easier and structuring it would be easier for you. Instead of uh, writing or drawing the actual PDF using uh, a software that you need to buy, right? So this is actually much more simpler and React PDF is actually open source. So it's easier to um, to use that instead. So I, I definitely um, encourage you to check it out if you're doing, if you're creating documents in PDFs. So again, that's React PDF. So next thing we'll be talking about is 
flashcards for developers. So this is a site that calls itself a curated list of flashcards to boost your professional skills. So you can find it at www.flashcardsfordevelopers.com and it's just basically a collection of flashcards for developers. Well, duh, obviously, from the name. So the popular collections include uh, flashcards for Python developers, flashcards for JavaScript developers, for C, C++ developers, and some cards for computer science basics. So these are basically uh, collections of decks of cards that you can learn from in order to boost uh, your skills in development. So definitely check this out. It's a pretty uh, interesting way of learning because um, you get to remember the concepts. Uh, you have like uh, you have a sentence and there's a blank and you have to figure out what that blank is and check if you were right or you were wrong after you show after you you view the answer so that way you're able to if you're wrong uh, it it actually cements the concept in your mind and then you are able to keep score of your streak and if you log in uh, what your progress with the deck is so for example, in the JavaScript collection, there are decks for ActJS, Node.js, um, JavaScript style guides, Redux, and other stuff. So definitely check this out. This is a very uh, interesting way of learning about development. Next thing we'll be talking about are front-end checklists. Now, if you're familiar with the Checklist Manifesto, it's uh, that book is a pretty nice guide, uh, which to summarize basically says that uh, checklists are one of the most powerful tools you can ever have for anything. Like for example, in web development, you can have a checklist wherein you shouldn't proceed if you haven't completed the checklist. Now. David Diaz is a developer who has created a bunch of these checklists for us and these are a bunch of front-end checklists so the first one he made is a list of uh, best practices for for example what what things you should add in your head uh, in your in your head element, for example, uh, best practices in dealing with HTML, uh, best practices in SEO, best practices when dealing with CSS, JavaScript, uh, performance, etc., etc. So you can find this at frontend frontendchecklist.io, and he also has a separate. A more elaborate checklist for for front-end design and it's at frontenddesignchecklist.io and he also has one uh, more another more comprehensive checklist for front-end performance but is not a site yet it's still in his github 
at github.com slash the david diaz slash frontend performance checklist so the yeah uh coding um referencing the front end uh the checklist manifesto this is definitely a, a huge uh resource to use a great tool to use because you don't have to think about uh the things that you actually have to do for your application somebody already has created a checklist for you now you can choose whether to uh follow or not follow the items in the checklist but for me these uh items are actually pretty pretty good they actually make sense and for me if it if it makes sense it actually also makes sense to follow them and implement them in my applications so i'll be definitely checking these out once i build another side project and you should also definitely check these out too so again it's front end checklist better check it out Next thing we'll be talking about is Skiplang or Skip, which is a language that Facebook has created from 2015 until 2018. So they basically stopped developing it and just released it to the world. So basically the concept of the programming language Skip is you're able to skip processing functions that you've already processed. So basically every function in skip is memoized so everything is uh, more efficient performant and basically the functions are cached so if you already process this thing you won't need to process it again so the it's basically a research project by facebook so they've uh, open sourced it so that people can study it and maybe make better implementations than what they've done or maybe implement the approaches that they've done in currently existing languages so maybe it's not a good uh, language for for actually building applications in production but it is definitely uh, a great language to study if you're an implementer if if you're creating your own programming languages or if if you're just curious about how caching uh how advanced caching and memorization actually works so again it's the programming language is skip and just search it skip lang or skip lang facebook just google that thing and all the information is there on their site so yeah definitely check that out you ever wanted to learn about https and how it works check out how https works at how https.works so that's the url how https.works and it's basically uh teaches you how to how https works using a comic with cute characters and it's also pretty um, yeah, it, it actually really talks about the, the broad concepts initially of HTTPS, how it works. And then it actually, to some extent, dives in uh, to some nitty-gritty details, not the complete 
details, but it actually has some uh, technical explanations about how HTTPS works to some extent. So, and it's also a pretty fun read, and you'll definitely learn a lot. And because there's a lot of pictures involved, <laughs> and it's fun. It's not. It's not the boring all words thing. And yeah, that's basically it. It's a fun read, so definitely check it out at HowHTPS.Works. And that marks the end of this episode, which is also the end of this podcast series. I hope you liked this series and learned a lot from it. Otherwise, everything that I've done is a drain. <laughs> but nevertheless, I hope you learned a lot. And I hope you'll still listen to my other podcasts if I ever decide to create another one. Right now, I'm uh, making videos and and informing a lot more people uh, through my Facebook page, which is Dev Stuff with JP Ada. Just search it on Facebook. Uh, I have videos there. And also, I have posts uh, sharing links on various things that catch my attention and things that I think are helpful for a lot of people, especially those who are working with newer technologies. So, if you want to learn more about about development and you like this podcast, definitely check out my Facebook page, Dev Stuff with JP Ada. See you there. And thank you very much for listening.